89% of people have experienced burnout in the last year, 77% of whom are in burnout right now as we speak. We have Carol Jean here, and she's going to talk to us about why this is important in the neurodiverse world and in the world at large, and why it should be important to you too right now. I mean, even after these stats, you should already be going, oh, geez, I need to pay attention. So here's Carol Jean. She's going to talk to us a little bit about that and uh, tell us a little bit about herself in the process. So my question to you is, those of you in the audience, and Shauna, are you, in, are you one of those 77% in burnout right now? Do you suspect that you are experiencing some degree of burnout? And for those of us who are autistic, ADHD, dyslexic, dyspraxic, anything under the neurodivergent umbrella, burnout can feel very different. It can feel more intense. There are more factors, elements, and experiences, especially when so many of us in the autistic and ADHD population in particular experience co-occurring health conditions such as POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, MCAS, mast cell activation syndrome, and Ehlers-Danlos, or one of the variations of hypermobility. All of these things factor into how we experience burnout, sometimes why we continue to stay in a chronic cycle burnout. And I think Shauna and I are going to dive pretty deep today, specifically around how does burnout impact our communication? And as marketing rebels and business owners and those who are in the marketing and communication world, this is pretty important, folks, because how we communicate and from the place in which we're able to communicate is greatly impacted by our energy and our burnout. And this is where everybody takes a deep breath in because truly that's where sometimes you start feeling called out. But it's okay because we're going to talk about it and why it's so important. We were talking actually a little bit beforehand before I had to say, Shauna, stop it. Save it for the podcast um, about how all of this impacts your messaging. And your messaging is uh, a word that is often used in marketing. But it is a word that I think we should start carrying through to a lot of different other spaces in our life. Now, before we get into that, um, I wanted to ask you because the title of this conversation is transforming spicy burnout and people might be like spicy what the heck is spicy so just just for anybody who's not aware what does it mean to be neurospicy so specifically when i talk about spicy burnout i'm talking about the burnout experience for autistic and adhd professionals and i call it spicy burnout and that's that is my uh, term and, and one that is is in the process of being trademarked right now I love um, it. specifically because i i have also identified um i've been conducting global research into spicy burnout over the last three years and this has impacted and we've had over a million people participate on some degree over in 93 countries in this all autistic and adhd uh adults and within that, I have identified that we have five levels of spicy, and I have it from the poblano pepper level one, that's where you got a, just a little bit of heat in your life, to the jalapeno pepper level two, to the cayenne pepper level three, where we are really heating up. We got level four habanero pepper, and at a level four, you are on fire. Everything is flaming hot. And then we have ghost pepper level five, which is you're so hot, you're not. This is where things start to shut down. This is where 
you are, your body may be also shutting down at this point. This is kind of where people sometimes even describe feeling very disconnected from themselves, sort of like observing myself sitting there, kind of feeling stuck, like I can't get moving. And for a lot of us, this can be really scary. And we describe that to someone else. And one of the things that happens so often, especially to late identified uh, autistic and ADHD adults is we have been told or we describe sort of what's happening and we get misidentified as it you're just depressed but we know we feel that it's so much more than just depression because depression feeling those experiences of of feeling depressed are a very common experience within burnout but there's so much more Mm. yes absolutely and that sort of dissonance can affect every way that you're showing up every different realm of your life including just the time that you spend alone and so like this type of conversation and, and this is true across the board regardless of whether you're neurospicy or not you get to you can absolutely get to this point where you're not being effective in your day-to-day so how can you actually effectively show up for yourself and your business and your family and your life and and how can you put yourself together in such a way that you start to feel that joy again and that's where this conversation comes into play that's where this conversation matters over and above just plain marketing of yourself showing up for the sake of showing up so messaging comes from our heart and if our heart is not feeling joyful it doesn't come through our messaging our our communication shifts as well so what is now i asked you what is neurospicy and and we're talking about neurospicy burnout in particular um i'm just curious because those extreme levels while they do happen, we don't want to get there, right? So how do we identify neurospicy burnout in those milder flavors? So I have a quiz that helps you identify which spicy pepper level you may be falling into. And I'll be glad to share that with you so that people can access that. Um, it's, it's a, so let's just talk about burnout in general. Yeah. Burnout by definition, and I have a very specific definition, but general across the board, no matter your neurotype, burnout is a result of a consistent energy deficit. When we are talking about degrees of burnout and experience, I am specifically talking about consistent energy deficit. However, it is more specific for our neurotype as autistic and ADHD humans, and that is consistent unmet needs. And sensory profile needs because that's a part of who we are it's wonderfully wired humans it is not just our brain that is neurodistinct and i say distinct versus divergent because we do not want to divert and be different and separate from everyone else we want to all humans want to be distinct and part of the whole in the way that works best for us so when we're talking about neurospicy right we're talking about it is not just the consistent energy deficit is also the chronic consistent unmet needs within our human needs. And there are 30 of those, by the way, folks, most of us just think there's five, all of the physiological stuff like food, shelter, water, financial safety, you know, physical safety. However, there's 25 more needs, basic human needs, all of us have. But for us in in late identified life in particular, so many of us have lived so long not knowing and through our experience of being misunderstood or the way that the world has responded to us 
Um, a lot of times there's those levels or layers of micro trauma or big trauma and things like that. So we have been in a survival mode. And a lot of times that shows up as people pleasing or making sure everything has to be perfect. We can't make mistakes because if I make a mistake, then something bad can happen because in the past, something, somebody's teased me, somebody's hurt my feelings or, or worse. And then we get into this place of protection. And then we, in that act, in that place of survival, we are not looking at what are my needs and what do I need to have met in my life so that I am thriving. Absolutely. And, and something that came up for me when you were saying that is this idea of um, you were talking about people pleasing and we're hearing a lot. And, and I've, I've noticed this a lot where these types of conversations are coming up amongst all people in, in, in media and, and who are showing up. And they're often using the word masking. I'd like to hear a little bit more about that within this context, because I think that this could be pertinent. Oh, it absolutely is. So I say that I masked to the professional level of camouflaging. So I didn't just mask. I just didn't have a couple layers I would change for the context because all humans mask. It's just a tool that we use. It is about showing up um, appropriately for the context, right? So I'm not going to show up to a board meeting, depending on where I am. Like if it's a tech firm, maybe I might show up in some funky jeans or something casual, right? But let's just say I'm going to IBM and I have a meeting in the boardroom. I'm going to be dressed and, and appropriate for that context and situation. Everyone at that table is. There is a difference when we're talking about masking and camouflaging within the neurodistinct population. And that is we get to a place where we mask to the professional level of camouflaging at the expense and loss of our own self and identity along the way because it is a survival protective mechanism, because it's keeping us safe to show up in all forms. I mean, I caught myself sitting at home one day drinking a Diet Coke all by myself in my 30s. And I thought, why in the heck am I drinking this? I hate Diet Coke, but I've been drinking it since second grade when it came out because Margaret Bidmer's grandparents owned the local Coca-Cola bottling, bottling company and they brought it to school and all the girls made a big deal out of it, right? And oh my gosh, this is so good. So everybody's drinking Diet Coke and I thought, well, to fit in, I have to drink Diet Coke even though I hate it. But I was alone in my 30s still drinking this nasty stuff and I had just bought a case of it. And at that point, I didn't even know I was autistic at this point still, but I had, that was like my first level of awareness because I was just like, this is gross. And I picked it up and I threw all of it away. And I said, I'm never picking another one of these up again. And I have. But that is what we're talking about. Do we ever stop and truly ask, what do I like? What does my perfect day look like? What's important to me? What do I need? That is a very powerful question to have to ask yourself and a scary one too, because you never know if you have the answer, right? You ask yourself this question and you're like, oh, I've never really had the chance. I've never really had the chance to explore that. And that can be really scary. And, and, and even though, I mean, we're talking about burnout in particular here, um, but I want to say just for another conversation is that this is where we start talking about like, how do we step into our authentic selves? How do we actually explore that? We are, I, this show will be addressing that. I have a few people who are ready to dive in. Um, but I just want to say that this, this houses that, and it's really important to understand how deeply ingrained that is and how all of that repetitive masking 
depletes your energy on a regular basis, which is therefore leading you to this state of consistent burnout. And so, and you sometimes you don't even realize it because you're just in it all the time. This is just the way I am. Well, you know, I talk about two different elements of burnout in particular. The first is the chronic cycle burnout loop. So of those five spicy pepper levels, most people who come to me in my coaching program, they usually go between a three, four, and a five. And that's the circle. That's their chronic cycle burnout loop that they move have been moving in between uh, degrees of spicy often, most often for decades. On the rare occasion, I get a two, three, four, but that is a very rare thing. <laughs> By the time people come to me, it, and, and here's the other thing to kind of note, just as a sidebar here, most late identified people came to their identification and awareness of their neurotype because they probably hit the very worst burnout of their life. And when we are talking about masking and camouflaging and, and identifying and connecting with our authentic self, we don't do that when we don't have the energy. And we certainly don't do that when we don't feel emotionally, physically, or psychologically safe to do so. And that yet again goes back to those basic human needs. There you are. And this also leads me to, to the next kind of way of thinking about this is, is the idea that, okay, well, if you don't feel safe or if you don't, if you're stuck in a loop, then all of this preaching that we get across the board of, oh, you just need a self-care day or set firmer boundaries or like any of those things start to sound really obnoxious. They just start to oh, sound absolutely obnoxious is just like an understatement, right? right? Exactly. So, so how we're sitting here, we're sitting here in a cycle, a, a burnout cycle. What do you do? First, you have to identify, am I caught in a restoration illusion trap? And this is one that usually rocks most people's world. I'm already rocked. So, <laughs> so of those five levels, those five degrees of spicy burnout, if you identify, you know, hey, I definitely have been circling that chronic cycle burnout loop of a three, four, five. So there are seasons in my life where I'm more consistently at a four habanero. Like I'm hot. I'm like maintaining just the bare minimum Every now and then I slip off for maybe a few weeks or maybe a month into that, that five where everything's just kind of shutting down. I regain some energy and move back down to a four so that I'm kind of living there. Then maybe things change in your life. And there's something called hedonic adaptation in psychology. So at that level four, when we've been there for a long time, it becomes our norm, mm -hmm. Right. It's kind of like when you got a brand new car, you better not get in my car with food or drinks and the kids, man, just do not touch anything. Just like you and your sticky self, just sit still, right? <laughs> do not eat in my car. Well, six months down the road, we got French fries between the seats and empty cups and the cup holders, right? So the norm, like the newness, our ability to identify has shifted. And that's what happens when we've been in a particular spicy level of burnout for a long time. We forget what it felt like to feel good. And for a lot of us, it's been decades. So it's really hard to recall that. Maybe childhood and you're in your 40s. But let's say some things change in your life. Maybe some stressors are alleviated at work. Maybe things at home. Maybe you've got some additional help. Things are no longer a great demand consistently on you. So you start to feel better. 
you start to get some energy and you've moved down from a four to a three, but because you were in a four for so long, just that little bit of feeling better feels like you're in restoration and you're out of burnout. And you believe that you're out of burnout, but you don't recognize that you've only moved down the scale. Mm. That's the illusion. That's scary. So what are we doing in this space? How, how do you recognize this and how do you shift away from the preachings of self-care and boundaries in order to start the journey of restoration? The first place to begin is to know where are you in, what spicy pepper level are you right now? And once you know what spicy level you are right now, what's your spicy pepper? Do you have a chronic cycle pattern that you can identify? And I help you identify that. We do three, four, five, or we do a two, three, four. Maybe you are super lucky. You are one of those rare unicorn individuals and you're a one, two, three. <laughs> I have yet to meet one of y'all, so come on. <laughs> and, and in that, within each pepper level, I have specific restoration points. Mm -hmm. What is the first step for you? Because each person's burnout is a result of their unique unmet needs and unique sensory profile. So two of the biggest and most powerful tools in the unveiling method are that I help people identify what is your spike. We do what's called the spicy dashboard, Ooh. which I love. <laughs> so we have the spicy dashboard and we determine where are you right now? What is your pepper in this moment? What is your chronic cycle loop? Do you have one? Because not everybody does. Um, what's your chronic cycle loop? Do you have or have you experienced the restoration illusion trap? And then we look at, okay, if this is your pepper level, because you are only one pepper at a time, folks. You are not more than one pepper. You are not between two peppers. You are one pepper. And in that one pepper, we're going to say, okay, how spicy within this pepper are you? So from a one to 10, where are you falling on the scale of this particular pepper? Mm. Now, let's just say you're a level four habanero right now. Let's say you are so on fire, like you're flaming. And let's say you identify as like an eight, but you feel like an eight, nine. We can do kind of an eight, nine. So, okay, we'll just say eight, nine. What happens is in the foundation part, because there's four phases to the unveiling method. And this is a process. You didn't get into burnout overnight. And the reality is you will not get out of it overnight, although we all wish we could, mm -hmm. right? I mean, believe me, I want to, and, and where people begin is I just want to feel better, right? We're just, we're, we're suffering, we're struggling. We just want to feel better. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that we can make in restoration is not having a thrive destination statement, not knowing what our thriving can be for us or, or have a destination. It's like having an app on your phone with a map and saying, I want to go somewhere, but I don't know. And you can drive all over the place and it can show you where you are. It can take you anywhere, but you haven't put in a destination. So you're going to be meandering and going anywhere. And you may not show up anywhere you want to go. You may end up someplace that's not very nice along the way. So with restoration, yes, it's self-care, but we can't self-care on something we haven't identified as an unmet need. And if we only believe we have like the five basic needs, then we're missing these under 25. And here's where I really rock people's world. Usually when we go through the needs assessment and we say, okay, what are the needs that are actually being met for you? Because that's way easier than your unmet need. That's hard because we've never been taught to think about that. So we go through, I created a very special, special tool for this. 
And we go through and we say, okay, what are your needs? What are being met right now? And by the inverse, we're also going to get a list of unmet needs. And then we do what I call kind of pressure testing. And we get that number one unmet need, that number one need that you have in your life. But that's just the beginning because as neurodistinct humans, part of how we are, who we are, who we have been created to be is that our sensory system is just that. It is very a sensitive sensory system in a lot of cases. So 100% of respondents all across the globe for the last three years have all said 100% respondents say sensory sensitivities have been heightened in burnout. And your burnout, your profile, your sensory profile in burnout is different from your sensory profile in Thrive. Hmm. So I might have an auditory sensitivity as an autistic ADHD person. And when I'm in burnout, it is hypersensitive. I hear every little thing and it just hurts my teeth. However, I can also be hyposensitive and there's one sound I cannot stand and other stuff I just don't even just doesn't register. And these things can happen simultaneously, which doesn't always occur in um, what we were, let's just say, neuromajority brains and bodies. But for us, that can be a very common thing to have both hyper and hypo at the same time. But let's just say in burnout, my auditory sensitivity is at a 10. However, when I'm in Thrive, I still have an auditory sensitivity, but the degree to which I experience it might be a three. Hmm. So these are the most important components to begin with in a foundation is what is my number one unmet need? Because it's not going to necessarily be those physiological needs like food and water and the things that we, you know, usually go to sleep, right? Even though we all need sleep, there's seven forms of rest other than sleep that energize you. But we have to look at what are my love needs? What are my esteem needs? What are my self-actualization needs? What are the other needs that actually are the things that, that are lacking and draining the most energy out of my life on a consistent mm -hmm. daily basis? And when that need starts to get met, that's where we really look at and I hinge everything on that Pareto principle of the 80-20. Because when you're in burnout, you already have finite resources. I don't want you to tax yourself and use that up. I don't want you to burn through that in the first five seconds of every day. Let's look at how do we how do we take that thing that we know is your linchpin and we focus 20% of your energy so that you're getting an 80% return on that investment, that energy investment, so that you're starting to feel better. Because when you start to do that and then we dig into the other elements that start to make up a foundation, which most of us haven't had the opportunity to explore because of our, our neurotype and experience in the world and that survival mode, right? That people pleasing. And self-care ultimately, it's not slapping cucumbers on your eyeballs. It's not having a spa day. I mean, that's so nice. That'd be great. I love to do that kind of stuff, but that's not self-care truly. That's not sustainable self-care for, for starters. And everything that I teach is about what is sustainable? What is consistent? Because burnout is ultimately consistent unmet needs. Mm, yeah. Energy deficit, right? And this is something that I, something that I was kind of thinking about is we're talking about our un, unmet needs, and and one of the key things, and you mentioned this actually, if uh, if anybody wants to see a very short little live we did, mentioned it in the in our little live on Instagram um, about communication and about. Um, you know, social rest and different things like that, but you can't get to the point where you can 
have those needs met without that crucial word communication. And so typically in, in our, in the podcast, we kind of close it off around now, but I really want to dive into this. So I'm going to give us another, another, I don't know, five minutes, something like that to talk specifically about communication and what, what we're bringing forth, how we're marketing ourselves to our environment and to ourselves. Cause remember what you say, your brain hears and sees, right? So you're conditioning and training your brain to know these things. So how do we, how do we do that in order to resolve this burnout in order to get into that, not resolve maybe, but that get into that restoration phase of, of things um, while still maintaining the status quo. Because I mean, look at myself, if I go into, into a severe state of burnout, if I don't have a system and process in place, a way by which to communicate my needs and to have my needs met, then I won't be able to provide for my children. I won't be able to, and I mean, emotionally, financially, mentally, all the things. And I mean, for me, that's that's my epitome, my, my kids, right? So, and many people have a variety of different um, whys or, or centers. So how do we do this? How, how can we leverage this communication piece in order to market ourselves in such a way that allows us to thrive and continue to show up consistently for ourselves, for our family, and for our business, for our careers? So one of the, the biggest components when we're talking about spicy burnout is that for a large majority of autistic and ADHD individuals, tapping into our physical feelings to identify what our body is telling us that we need on a physiological level, but then also being able to recognize maybe what that emotional feeling is and how we transcribe that into our mind so that we can articulate it to the people that we care about first to ourselves and then to other people, there's something called alexithymia. And we also have processing differences. So sometimes it takes longer for me to process how I feel about something. And I'm alexithymic. So that also means that I can feel all of the feelings and they can be really big and they can feel almost scary because they're huge and they're very powerful and they all show up at one time. And sometimes when they show up is later than the actual event. So then I'm trying to figure out why am I feeling all of this and this doesn't match the context. So when we're talking about communication, it begins with the tools and the refinement of us learning to identify what am I feeling? What is showing up for me? Is this something in the present moment? Is this maybe from yesterday or last week that's just now showing up? How do I process this so that I can make sense of it, put it in the context of my needs and my sensory profile, and then I can start to more clearly identify what this is so that I can communicate it to the people in my life because we are not islands, folks. We do not live in isolation, even though so many of us try because other people just demand too much of us. But we are social as in nature by being human and no one lives alone and does not have the needs of other people. Even if you go to the grocery store, you are reliant on other people who have packaged the food and sold it to you, right? And there's probably 30 people that have been involved in you getting that packed chicken or whatever. At least. So how do we start to communicate to the people in our life that we love that are in relationship with us? Because in relationship, we are there to support one another. And that was my big reason for starting this journey seven years ago to restoration was my children. I was in the worst burnout of my life. And I was thinking, okay, I'm at this junction in my life where either I figure this out because right now 
I'm not being the best me and I'm definitely not being the mom that I want to be and the best mom that I want to be. And either I got to figure out how to fix this or I'm done. And that's a horrible place to be. And I didn't want to be there. And that wasn't my choice. I chose differently. I, I had that choice in that agency and I made it. And the restoration and the communication piece is not easy. There are, are things that come up and when you're not aware of processing differences or aware of how you experience and identify your emotions, like through alexithymia, that becomes a challenge. So it's most critical to be able to identify what is your need so that you can communicate or begin communicating. And it's, it's going to start messy, folks, and it's okay. Start messy. I'm always telling people this in every, every sphere, messy action, just do the thing, do the thing that you know, you need. Fro, I don't, I feel like this is the thing that comes up all the time is Disney movies or something to the effect is frozen, frozen too. You know, when, when Anna is sitting there, she's lost her sister. She's lost her best friend. She, I'm going to do the next, the next right thing. Just one step. That's it. I love it. I love it so much. Now I'm going to take this opportunity to ask you if there's anything else, because you've already like, I'm full. Like, I don't think I can hold any more, um, amazing information at this point I'm processing and I'm going, Oh my gosh, I need to use all of this and I need to apply it to everything that I'm doing in my marketing, because I'm always telling people you need to make sure that you have a sustainable, maintainable system. You can't show up 50 times a day and sustain it. It's not going to happen. That and 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 understanding that you have a hundred percent in every day, you can't give a hundred percent to your marketing, otherwise, you're not doing anything else for the day. <laughs> so, all of this, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm receiving it and going through. So, I'm going to give you this chance here to give us one final because this will be my cherry on top one final thing to help everyone understand what it means to experience neurospicy burnout, to navigate that space and to really push through, through to the next level. And then of course, tell people how they can meet you because I'm pretty sure everybody wants to meet you now. <laughs> That's a big question. And I think the most important part in beginning taking that first step to burnout restoration is coming from the place of hope because in burnout, most people feel hopeless. And I know that I did. In this moment, even if there is this little tiny crack in the door and having and listening and being a part of this conversation has given you hope for possibility because I want you to hear in this very moment, your thriving life is already yours. You are not destined or doomed to live in some degree of burnout for the rest of your life. That is not how you are meant to live. And that is a disempowering place to be. You're thriving. Your destination is already yours. You begin that with curiosity, compassionate curiosity in this moment, just to recognize and honor that you have done the very best that you can do. But what got you here will not get you there. And all you do in this moment is take a deep breath and go, I am worthy of my own needs being met. They are not too much. They are not a burden. And they are my right. If you would like to start your burnout to thriving journey, you can find me at Mind Your Autistic Brain. You can check me out on 
Beyond Autistic Burnout, the talk show. And I'm always available to answer any questions you have. So if you're on LinkedIn, by all means, please pop in my DM and ask a spicy question anytime. Definitely one of my most favorite things to do is to pop into your DMs and say, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> so I encourage everybody else to do the same thing. Um, with that, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you and all that you bring into this world. And we will be chatting soon. <laughs> See you later. I look forward to it. Bye-bye. <laughs>